hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. This episode of How I Built It is brought to you by two great sponsors. The first is our season-long sponsor. Liquid Web has been best known as a managed hosting company with tons of options. It's also designed a managed WordPress offering that is perfect for mission-critical sites. If you're looking for improved performance, maximized uptimes, and incredible support, Liquid Web is the partner you've been looking for. Every Liquid Web managed WordPress customer has iTheme Sync integrated into their managed portal, allowing them to update several sites with a single touch. Liquid Web hosts all of my critical websites and I couldn't be happier with them. If you sign up today using the discount code HOWIBUILTIT33, you get 33% off for the next six months. Visit buildpodcast.net slash liquid to get started. That's buildpodcast.net net slash liquid. It's also brought to you by WP SiteCare. WP SiteCare is the premier support and maintenance service for high-profile bloggers and small businesses. They get technology out of your way so you can focus on doing the things you love. With custom packages built to meet your specific needs, their team learns what you need to prosper in your online business, and then they get to work to help you be successful. WP SiteCare loves working with creative and advertising agencies to fill in the gaps for technology and WordPress expertise. Share the offer code BUILT with your friends and clients to save 20% on their protect or professional packages. Or if you need something more specialized, contact them at any time at hello at WPSiteCare.com and they're happy to help. That's offer code BUILT for 20% off any annual plan. And they've got two. So if you've got a blog or small business site that you need to protect, head over to buildpodcast.net slash protect for their protect plan or buildpodcast.net slash pro if you need something a little more advanced. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? You might be thinking, say, Joe, you sound a little different. I have a brand new microphone that I'm using for season three that I'm real excited about. I'll link it in the show notes. It's the Sterling Audio ST51. It's a great condenser mic, but that's not what we're talking about today. I'm here with my guest, Chris Badgett of Lifter LMS. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I think it's, is it your wife reached out to me maybe? Uh, No, just somebody in my company, Allie. Oh man, I for some reason I thought it was the same last name, but I guess not. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so, uh, so Allie reached out to me and asked if I would have you on the show. And absolutely, I've heard a lot of great things about Lifter LMS. Uh, my friend Sean Hesketh, who was a guest of the show, he mentioned you guys a, a few times. So uh, very excited to talk to you about this, especially because online learning uh, has gotten very popular, especially in the WordPress space, I feel, in the last few years. But before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what your product does and how you came up with the idea? 
All right. Well, uh, I'm definitely a scratch-your-own-itch kind of guy, so I'm a course creator. Before that, just very briefly, I'm a big outdoor person. So on most of my 20s, I lived on a glacier in Alaska. You could only get there by helicopter, and I used to manage a remote uh, sled dog tour business. And uh, it was during that time that I got interested in WordPress, and I can't really explain it, but I just got interested in it, got interested in marketing. Uh, but a lot of my like leadership skills and team building skills and emp- empathy skills, it all comes from a lot of time outdoors working with great people and great animals. So that's where all that comes from. Uh, and I'm also a dad. That's a big part of what I do. It's a big motivator for working at home. Building online courses for me started out as a passive income business and also as a way to do a project with my wife who's big into organic farming and gardening. So our first courses were in the organic gardening and permaculture niche. I started flying to different parts of the world to film like in the jungle some permaculture design courses, which is a niche within organic and it was through all that and and through building up a WordPress agency and wanting to start a product that, you know, that's kind of the origin of who I am and kind of where Lifter, a, a part of where Lifter comes from, because it's bigger than just me. Wow, that is uh, fascinating. I'm going to say that that's probably the most interesting introduction I've had on the show. Uh, so are you still in Alaska? No, I'm currently on the coast of Maine. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we are we are on the we are in the same time zone, which is cool. Yeah, we're close. Yeah, very nice. Uh, so that's that's awesome. So scratch your own itch. Uh, that has been a running theme throughout basically all of the episodes of how I built it. And you said that you most of your you specifically mentioned empathy, right? Which is something that I've been preaching a lot uh, because you you need to empathize with your students, right? You need to understand what they're going through. So I know this is a bit of an off the cuff question, but can you give us like a quick tip on how to kind of connect and empathize with your students through an online course? Cause I teach, I teach online. I teach in person. It's a lot easier to empathize in person because you could see the confused faces of your students, but it's a little harder online, right? Yeah. I would say empathy is, it's one of my superpowers and uh, it's, it was how I was able to build up a, an agency, a WordPress agency, and some of our projects were over six figures, like big projects. And then listening to customers and also just, you know, interacting with non-technical people, but also with technical people. But in a teaching context, it's all about getting out of the building. And one of the things I do as a software CEO is I actually spend about two hours a day talking to prospective customers and existing customers. Anybody can schedule a 15-minute call with me. And if I didn't do that, I would be operating in a vacuum. And so that's what I'd recommend. We, we And not to get caught in this whole passive income trap, it's good to do things that don't scale and actually go talk to, to, talk to people. You don't have to talk to everybody, but definitely you want to be talking to your customers and your prospective customers or new uh, adjacent markets that you're thinking about selling into, because uh, get out of your head and you know get out of the room, get out of the building. Nice, I uh, really like that advice. That's great advice, especially the it's good to do things that don't scale, right? Because I mean, everyone's like, how to scale your business? How I made six figures in five minutes doing four minutes of work. So I, that's that's great, right? The four hour work week, in my opinion, is a myth because 
you're not doing, you're not working, right? You're not connecting with your customers and, and things like that. So that's great advice. So you ran an agency, you talked to your customers. Uh, so I'm curious, what kind of research did you do uh, in creating Lifter LMS? Well, not as much as you might think. You know, when I was running an agency, I, I started my company. I just, it was after my last name, Badget Media. Uh, later, I merged it with another business called Codebox, and that's what we ran our agency under. Uh, and Lifter LMS is actually a product of Codebox. But in terms of market research, I wrote a blog post. I've, I've written lots of blog posts, but about on blog post number 80 about WordPress or marketing-related or entrepreneur-related things, I started blogging about my experience building online courses with WordPress. And unlike all my other blog posts that would get like a little bit of traffic, you know, the reality spoke up and I got lots of questions, lots of comments, and I'm like, there's something here. So that kind of gave me that initial kind of demand indicator. And because I've already been doing it, like I, I started building uh, that original permaculture pu course publishing site on a, a WordPress LMS theme I got off of ThemeForest. And I had I had looked at the different plugins that were out there. I tried Sensei for a little while. I kind of knew like how it all worked. And then I wanted to laser focus on some really specific problems that I had as a course creator that none of the solutions met. And that's that was kind of the end of the market research phase. Nice. And and just like you opened the show with, you scratched your own itch. And I love that. That's because I, this is, I think it's probably Basecamp or what was 37 Signals before. Like they, they say things like that, right? We built Basecamp because we needed something and then we realized we could sell it. And it sounds like you, you took the same approach and now you have a very popular LMS for WordPress. And that's something that's, I tried to build that in like 2009, but I was like fresh faced, like right out of college. And like, I had no idea how to do any of that. And I also didn't understand the GPL. And that was a big, right. that was like a big thing. But it's, it, you know, I'm glad to see that a few years later, WordPress is blossoming into like a nice place that people can go to develop online courses. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, so I'm going to read this question verbatim because I think we're in the same position here. I have recently found out that talking talking it out with people uh, helps, right? So I know you have a podcast of your own, but do you have a mastermind group of anything? Do you do you talk to anybody about business advice and direction and things like that? Yes. I talk to a lot of people. One of the... I have just friends in my network. I have friends in corporate. Some of my biggest business insights actually come out of corporate, and I'm I'm one of the most anti-corporate guys you can meet. But I have good friends who work in corporate and do big business, and I learn a lot just by from other industries like global finance and things that I'm not necessarily working in, but I pull insights out of other places. In terms of, uh, you know, I have business partner, and that's a big part of, uh, I'm the non-technical co-founder. So my technical co-founder, we work really well together. I'd say, and we could talk about it more if you wanted to, that would be one of the biggest secrets to success is to not do it all by yourself and not try to outsource the leadership of one of those sides. And then the other thing is I, I'm always looking to, I, I'm an introvert by nature, but I love connecting with few people very deeply. But I still do things like, uh, for example, I went to the Cabo Press Mastermind event. That was nice. great. You know, Chris Lemma and all the great companies that were there and, and great facilitators and all that. So I'm actively looking to, uh, you know, work with people, learn from each other, add value where I can, learn where I can. 
I try to give back as as much as I possibly can. And I, I think a big part of it is actually masterminding with my customers. We have a very active Facebook group. When people come in there, they're like, oh my gosh, why is this Facebook group so active? Well, it's because you know, we keep quality high and we talk about all the issues that surround course creators, not just technology tools. And uh, it creates this hive mind. So uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of not doing things in isolation. That's awesome. That is awesome for a couple of reasons, because I think getting an active Facebook group is very difficult. I've got, you know, several dozen students at WP in one month and I like I email them monthly and let them know what I'm working on and stuff like that. And uh, I was like, oh, and I created a Facebook group so you guys can like ask questions there and like just nothing like not a single person signed up. So uh, I'll wait till I have, you know, I'll I'll mention it again, but creating a good community especially in online learning is, is very important. And so surrounding uh, a hive mind surrounding a product is really cool. Also, you mentioned Cabo press, which I will be going to this year. I'm awesome. super yeah. excited. Chris Lemma is a good friend of mine and I've heard nothing but good things about it. Like everyone's like, it, it was great and transformative and I learned a lot. So uh, I'm very excited for that. And it's really good to see that, you know, you, you, Mention that you're introverted, but you connect with people deeply, I think is what you said. So very important in a lot of things, but you don't, you don't want to stay in a silo when you're creating a business, right? Because I'm a programmer and like the way I perceive things is probably not the way a lot of people perceive things. Or like if you have a lot of users, you're going to get those use cases that are like, oh man, I never thought of using my product this way, right? I'm sure you get that with Lifter. Absolutely. So Cool. So now here is the the title question, right? You mentioned that you are the non-technical the non-technical owner in in this business, right? So I'm curious to know like so how did you build Lifter LMS and this could be if you wrote code or or how you built up the marketing side of things or or you know kind of whatever you want to take this question in whatever direction. Absolutely. I'm a non-technical co-founder, but I'm a WordPress power user. Like mm. I feel I feel like they built WordPress for, for me, <laughs> kind of. So it was just like the for a non-technical person, I just fell in love with it. And, and very quickly, I was able to start building an agency just by implementing without custom design and development. But in terms of how we built it, it all started with as an agency, like a lot of WordPress agencies or marketing agencies, design agencies, we wanted to have a product. I love agency work. We've worked with some great clients, but we really wanted a scalable product and so when we were looking like, well, what kind of product could we make? What we, I got really advanced into mar marketing automation stuff and, you know, high-end membership sites and things. But we had that, that focus and that specialty and built software tools that stack on top of membership sites and online courses at scale that were all custom built. And so it was kind of an obvious choice to be like, okay, we're going to do something in the membership or online course community. And, you know, I do it myself. So I like, I can really represent the customer. A lot of what I do is I represent the customer because I can, I can switch from business owner to uh, marketer, to thinking like the customer, like end user, to thinking about the customer's customer, which is the student. So what I always like to say is if we don't know what to do, just forget everybody and focus on the end student. Because if that end student is getting results and everything, that's the right decision to make if we're like trying to figure something out. But in terms of how we built it, we bootstrapped it with agency profits. 
and we focused on we, we you know we did a marketing thing where we you know we pre-sold the idea built an email list got interest when we first launched it we only had 42 customers it launched as a paid product and it was later that we we went freemium okay and you know for we're about 3 years into it and it was you know growth in the beginning was slow 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 then you know it just kept trending up and then the move into freemium brought it in an add-on model, you know, got really quickly. And then, you know, within the past year, we were able to really focus on the product side of the business and spool down the, the client side of what we do. So that's kind of the the arc of it all. Nice. That's, that's awesome. Uh, I think a lot of people, myself included, think like, I'm going to launch a business and I'm going to be up here. But you're you're down here for a while, and it's either a slow build or some people will say entrepreneurship is like the hockey stick model, right? Where one day you're down here and then you kind of shoot straight up. But uh, either way, that's that's great to see. It's it's really a game of patience, and uh, I love what you said about focusing on the customer's customer. Uh, it reminded me of um, a lesson that I got from a Carfax commercial, right? Okay. Like Carfax is not, we are not Carfax's customer. The car dealer is Carfax's customer, but their ads are advertised to us so that we go and ask for it. And then the car dealer is like, well, our customers want it, so we have to get it. So just made me think of that. I love that you, you know, focusing on the students, getting results, especially because completion rates for online courses are not great. And building a, a better LMS and providing education, which I know you do through your blog and your podcast, for course creators... Uh, is very important to kind of help improve those numbers because, you know, we want our students to succeed. We want people to keep coming back to the courses We're we're not just in it for the money. We're in it to teach people, hopefully. Right. Cool. So you mentioned that it started as a paid product and it went to freemium. What are some of the other transformations that your product has gone through since it first launched? Maybe you could talk about what, like how you made the decision to make it free or what you made free and what you decided would be a paid add-on? Well, I think starting with free or starting with paid is important because you're really validating it. Because if you launch a free product and then you're like, I'll figure out how to make a pro version later, mm -hmm. uh, you're just delaying the feedback loop to realize if you have a decent idea that's worth sticking to. So that's, you know, that's, we, we wanted to start as a premium product and we didn't necessarily, you know, if we could sell that, we knew that one day, as part of our mission, I've done a lot of international travel and spent time in underdeveloped parts of the world. We wanted to have a free product that could serve, you know, emerging entrepreneurs in all over the world where they don't have to pay a dollar if they can get WordPress going and, and this. This was always part of the vision, but we needed to make sure that we could, you know, support ourselves and fund the development and fund the support. So we started with paid. And then the reason to go free was just to implement basically our original vision. And it all, it literally only took, it took less than 30 days for the revenue from paid to be replaced through the add-on model. That's just the power of WordPress. And I mean, maybe if you're starting out, if you are going to start out with freemium, I would recommend on day one also having the pro version or the add-on or whatever so that you have at least some kind of, you might be able to reap, reap the best of both worlds. So that was a transition. We had a Lifter LMS 3.0 that was a transition for us back in September. And uh, we basically, it had like a ton of new features. 
Uh, we rebuilt uh, the e-commerce engine and the recurring payments engine from the ground up and how people can access courses and membership levels and these sorts of things. And we, we pulled out some things that were in the free, free product at the time, which was the WooCommerce integration and the PayPal integration. We rebuilt both those from the ground up, made a Woo subscriptions compatible and oh, wow. some, some other more fancy stuff in PayPal. That was a tough transition for us. I didn't communicate as well as I could have leading up into that. So we had some customers that weren't that transition didn't they didn't it didn't sit well with them and uh it but at the end of the day it was something we had to do as a company for just the long term sustainability of the project. So that as a entrepreneur, that was a really tough moment. It was something we had to do, but that is you know, that was one of those transition points. Nice. And uh, that that's uh that's maybe the biggest hurdle like keeping me from getting into a proper product space. I mean I guess a, a plug-in product space, right? Because I have products or courses, but transitions like that, making decisions, and then, it's, I mean, it's a lot of time. Communicating with your customers is like communicating with your clients. It has to be clear and frequent, and, you know, you need to understand. So, but that's that's good. I'm glad to see you're, you're through that. And that sounds, ultimately, it sounds like a really nice feature set, because I know that with other LMSs, you have to kind of play with strings in the background to make certain things like that work. So it's, it's, that's like the WooCommerce subscriptions integration is, is sounds awesome. And what are your plans for the future? So 3.0 came out in September. Uh, what do you have coming down the pike next? So the original vision with Lifter LMS, one of the, the key problem we wanted to solve was to avoid, like you're talking about pulling strings in the background, what I call the software Frankenstein so from from day one, uh, some people don't realize this, Lifter LMS has its own recurring payment engine, Stripe integration, PayPal. It's all built in. So our WooCommerce integration is simply optional for people who, uh, for whatever reason, need to use Woo. Like maybe there's a payment gateway they need or ta- advanced tax rules or they're selling other products. But so what we did in the beginning is we integrated the LMS or the course, quiz, lesson, all that stuff with an e-commerce engine with its own membership functionality so that you can, you know, courses and lessons are locked down automatically. You don't need a third-party membership system. You can sell bundles of courses with memberships and things of that nature. Uh, And then the fourth part we did is we took some of the best thinking out of our history and marketing automation and Fusionsoft and built like an engagement system, which has badges and certificates, but also personalized emails like you can get Places like Infusionsoft, ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, and these kinds of things. Uh, so we integrated all that into one cohesive whole. So that was step one. Step two, where we're going now, is uh, I'm really attacking that problem that you were talking about, which there's there's data on this and research four to ten or six to ten percent completion rates on average for the uh, online courses out there, the MOOCs and all these names for online education. Uh, And there's different ways we're attacking that. We're attacking that through developing around three different areas. One area has to do with social learning and community. So there's some things we're building around that. Uh, We already have a BuddyPress integration, but there's just more coming on its own, even without BuddyPress, to provide social learning environments. The other thing that's going on is a lot of courses and marketing make a promise, but the course doesn't necessarily map to real-world results so we're coming up with a way to actually, if a course, you know, makes a promise that we have a reality check mechanism in there to, cr- to create quantifiable results. 
which then helps the course sell, which helps students get better results and track their progress and that sort of thing. And then the last thing is just we're really working on features that help students learn and have autonomy and control over their learning experience. And also for teachers, especially non-technical teachers, to be able to do their things and, and deliver really amazing learning experiences. So there's a tons of features and all that, but that's the big vision. That's great. And that's, again, that's something that I'm wrestling with over at WP in one month as I want. I kind of took the approach like, well, if people want to learn stuff, they're going to take the course. But the social is so important. And I learned that from Troy Dean. He was on the show earlier last year, I guess earlier this year. I'm trying to figure out when I recorded it. And, um, you know, he talked about the importance of social and, and leaderboards and things like that. So that sounds great. I'm really excited to see what you guys come up with next and when it comes out. Fun note about the word MOOC. I first heard that and when I was working at the University of Scranton and our vice president of technology said it. And that term stands for what? Massive open online community or something like that. Online course. Courses, right? I did not know that. I'm from, I'm an Italian from New York. So it has a completely different meaning to me. And I was like (laughs) flabbergasted that like my vice president would say that derogatory term. Uh, And my, my coworker explained to me what it was. So first time I heard that term, I was like floored that that kind of language was allowed at the University of Scranton. Cool. So we are approaching time. So before we get to the bonus questions, I would like to ask you my favorite question. And you've already given such great advice here, but do you have any trade secrets for us? For which part? For for being a better online course teacher or being a software entrepreneur? This is uh, dealer's choice. So, you know, you could pick your favorite or one of each if you have them both kind of at the ready, but... This is up to you. What's your favorite piece of advice or, or your favorite trade secret? For the software entrepreneur, I'm going to say partnership. It's all about the future's partnership. So if you're there's there's very rarely that that developer genius mind, uh, marketer CEO mind kind of uh, growth mind all in one. So partnership is key for that. And I would I I do mean like equity partner because I see I when you look at companies in the same industry and one is outsourcing either the marketing or the development if you have two partners side by side and one's in charge of each much better results quicker in terms of teaching i would say you need to have a feedback loop and avoid the uh the passive income trap passive income is good and you can definitely do it but you need to have a feedback loop where you get, you see how your students are doing and you, the courses that do really well, like you mentioned, Sean of WP 101, I know he's constantly refining his lessons, keeping up to date with WordPress, listen to where people get stuck and, and that kind of thing. And when you have that feedback loop and you listen to it and you implement based on what you learn, that's how you create a world-class learning experience. That's awesome. I love that. There's no, somebody once told me there's no truly passive income. It might've been Sean, actually. He has... He always has like those one-liners ready for me. There's no truly passive income, right? And when it comes to online learning, that's definitely the case. So, Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. In our, This is a new segment, and it's going to be just bonus questions. I was going to call it Fast Five, but I have six here. So the first five questions, uh, just answer the first thing that comes to your mind, and the last one is a little bit more in-depth. So what's your favorite book at the moment? I'm actually rereading The Lean Startup. I read it a long time ago, but I'm just rereading it. And uh, there's a lot of just great fundamental truths in there. Nice. Uh, on my reading list, uh, so I'm definitely going to have to check that out. 
What is music that inspires you? Lately, when I get in the zone, I listen to, I just look for no lyric, electronic techno music that's like chill on YouTube. Nice. Uh, I have a Spotify playlist I got to send you then. What's your favorite food? I like spicy stuff. So uh, pad thai, chill with lots of chilies. Nice, nice. What is your favorite sports team if you have one? I've always been a wilderness guy, so I would uh, I would say one of my business and uh, life mentors, his name's Linwood Fiedler. He runs the Iditarod every year. I've worked with him for a long time. Nice. That I'm so glad that you are the first answer to that question because like my answer would be the Yankees, and like yeah, everybody likes the Yankees. One thing you wish you knew when you first started, uh, let's say your software business. I would say, uh, just I I am a patient man, but just. Even more patience. I like that. And the last question, which might take a little bit more thought, but it's one that fascinates me. How did you learn what you know? And again, in regards to the software development business. I'm all about experiential learning. So just learning by doing. So, you know, I first learned WordPress by watching YouTube videos. We're actually competitors like you and me, Joe. I have a course on Udemy called How to Build a WordPress Website in a Weekend. I, <laughs> and that, I saw that. <laughs> and that is, uh, that was, I made that a long time ago. I'd made it to just have fun and start making content. But uh, learning by doing is what it's all about and admitting when you make mistakes, always do the right thing and, uh, you know, surround yourself with great people because you can't do it alone. Awesome. Love that. Learn by doing, uh, everybody. That's one of my favorite things to tell people, especially when you're developing. If you're working on your computer, you're probably not going to blow something up. So just try something. If it breaks, undo it. Not great advice for the medical field, but for the software (laughs) field, it's great advice. All right, Chris, again, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. I had a great time talking to you. Thanks for having me on the show, Joe. It was really fun to hang out. All right. Make sure to check uh, Chris Badgett out at, is it LifterLMS.com? That's right. LifterLMS.com. Thanks everybody for listening. Until next time, get out there and build something. Thank you to our sponsors, Liquid Web and WP Sitecare. Be sure to check them out and thank them. And if you like the show, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. Give us a review. It helps other people discover the show. And today I want to thank Ryan Plass for giving us a five-star review and he keeps the review short and sweet. He says, Joe does a great job of asking the right questions and getting valuable information out of some of the top minds in the WordPress community. Short and sweet. That's all you need to do to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating today. If you are so moved to do so, maybe I'll read it on the air. Thanks again. And until next time, get out there and build something.